Blog Talk Radio. All right, welcome back, you health renaissance people. Today we're talking about, well, literally the poisoning of our brains. Our children's brains are the ones that are being affected the most. We're talking about suicide. Uh, now, suicide rates are massively increasing. And there's a reason behind this. Now, we can go through um, the breakdown of the family. We can break down, you know, because we were all raised, or my era was raised with father knows best. You know, the mom, the dad, the 2.2 children. I know, you've never seen a 2.2 children. Okay, so so, um, the reason I bring this up is because no families are like that. I mean, you know, you're talking about the exception. Uh, where you have two parents, 2.2 children, um, you know, the dad works, the mom stays home, takes care of the home. I mean, this, it does occur in our society, but it's really rare. Um, so w- you can say that the breakdown of the home, but there's always been challenges. Um, when you look at, at um, challenges in the 30s about economic problems, uh, challenges in the 40s of war, the 50s, 60s, you had the challenges of nuclear holocaust. Um, the 70s, okay, you had the age of exploration. 80s, 90s, okay, then you're looking at the millennials. So each era has had certain tre- stressors. Um, so what, is make our, what makes our time unique in that people are, are having certain stressors Certainly, the economy is not as bad as it was in the 30s, and um, we we know that the danger, okay, of world conflict isn't um, as apparent as in the 50s when we had, I mean, literally nuclear war around the corner. You know, there are a huge amount of challenges. It's just why is the suicide rate increasing? Well, we're going to look into it today, but we're going to look into it mainly from neurotoxins. And remember, there's only three stressors. You have physical, chemical, and emotional stressors. Something is in, is negatively affecting our kids' brains. Now, I'm going to look at the, the neurotoxic aspect of medication, foods, and, and medical procedures. But know that there is a clear connection between the intestinal um, microbiota and the brain. It's called the hypothalamus pituitary adrenal axis. And we're looking at 90% of the nerve, the vagus nerve, communicates sensory input from the gut to the brain. So anything that damages the brain that can cross the blood-brain barrier, that's something we're going to look at. And anything that can alter gut flora, that is what we're going to look at. Now, according to the CDC, they're saying that suicide rate increased uh, 56% in the last 10 years. Uh, suicide is now greater than homicide. And in fact, we're looking at the age group 10 to 14, uh, it, even though it went down a little bit. Okay, we're talking um, uh, five-tenths of one point. Okay, it tripled from 2007 to 2017. Um, so now, what what's causing it? Now, we know that, that even though this is increasing massively, uh, there's a really cool articles uh, published in Pediatrics, October 2019. 
trends of suicide behavior among high school students in the United States, 1991 to 2017. And they're talking about how suggesting childhood maltreatment, mental health concerns like depression, neurocognitive functioning deficits, and other risk factors have been associated with suicide, suicide attempts, and ideation. The problem is, and this is a big problem, is black children, particularly black boys 5 to 11 years old, have experienced an increase of suicide death rates um, two times higher compared to their white counterparts. So something is negatively affecting um, our population, but it's affecting black children uh, quite a bit worse. Now, we know that for depression and anxiety, um, doctors are recommending selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors or antidepressants. Uh, now, from the archives of psychiatric um, uh, journal article, uh, there, and, and this goes on to a lot, and I don't want to say misinformation, but but um, misinformation or or alternative information. That's why you need both sides of the story, because what do they say? There's always three different um, aspects to the story: what you think, what the other person thinks, and what really is happening. Um, this article goes on to state that um, all published papers on Leadline and other databases link serotonin or the SSRIs and aggression were reviewed. Okay, and <laughs> what they found when they looked at it was that a small portion of patients treated with the antidepressants, the SSRIs, selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors, may um, have an increased state of agitation, distress, restlessness, and occasional side effect of antipsychotic um, from and, and antidepressant drugs. Now, they go on to say, in the, in the absence of convincing, convincing evidence linking the SSRIs to causally to violence and suicide, the recent lay media reports are potentially dangerous, unnecessarily increasing the concerns of depressed patients who are prescribed antidepressants. So they're saying, look, these drugs are fine. Uh, they have a little bit of side effects, but don't limit them. So then I look up uh, from the International Journal of Risk and Safety in Medicine. They go on, uh, quote, evidence from many sources confirms that selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors commonly cause or exacerbate a wide range of abnormal mental and behavioral conditions from agitation to manic psychosis, depression, obsessive preoccupations that are alien or uncharacteristic of the individual. Um, and then it can result in suicidality, violence, and extreme forms of abnormal behavior. Um, that sounds pretty aggressive. But also, when we look at it, instead of just looking at the drug solution, let's look at the neurotoxic effect of medication, vaccines, and toxic food, um, but also a brilliant article, and this was published online, Omega-3 Fatty Acid Deficiencies in Neurodevelopment, Aggression, Auto Dysregulation, and Opportunities for Intervention. They found that mechanism by which aggressive and depressive disorders may be exacerbated by nutritional deficiencies of omega-3s. And, and, I mean, brilliant. So if our diet is deficient in omega-3s, and you can get this, 
from uh, healthy fats, healthy animals, um, uh, uh, omega-3s in fish, like anchovy mackerel or sardine oil, fantastic neuroprotective and, and benefits. Um, but let's look at why our, our kids are suffering so much. I mean, currently, from a study in the American Academy of Pediatrics um, in 2011, they found out that 54% of American children are suffering a chronic health condition. One in five teens has a severe mental disorder. One in five, that's 20%. And one in six has a developmentally disability. So if you look at in one in five and one in six, that's 38% of our kids have some type of mental disorder. And what does that look like for the future? I mean, let's just take the mental disorder of autism. Okay, we know that in 1970, we had around a 1 in 10,000 rate. Um, in 2018, it was 1 in 34 based to 1 in 29. So what does that look for the future? Well, by 2023, we're going to have 1 in 17 kids. By 2028, it'll be 1 in 9. By 2033, it'll be 1 in 5 um, to 1 in 3. So... We have about 15 more years to where it's going to be about one in two or one in three kids in America will have autism. So this is a severe toxicity of our population. So what's causing it? We know something is damaging the brains. What? Um, we know also that... Uh, Seven in 10 Americans aged 17 to 24 are unfit to serve in the U.S. military. Seven out of 10. That means 70% of our children that would be going into the military cannot go in there because of obesity, asthma, hearing problems, mental illness, eyesight. It's from the sickening of our population. So this is affecting, uh, I mean, really the bottom line. Now, we do know that there's heavy metals found in um, drinking water. It's found in certain environments, you know, close to coal plants. But it's also found in flu shots. I mean, you're talking two parts per billion of mercury um, in drinking water. If you have 200 parts per billion of mercury in liquid waste, it's... Res it's um, categorizes that waste as a toxic hazard. However, you can get 50,000, think of this, 200 parts per billion of mercury uh, in liquid waste uh, makes it a toxic hazard. Uh, two parts per billion, two parts per billion of mercury in, in drinking water, that's the maximum that it can have. There's 50,000 parts per billion in regular flu shots recommended for children, pregnant, elderly women. And in fact, at Will Baby checkups, a kid can get up to eight vaccinations, and that's more than 1,000 micrograms of aluminum. Um, so, and, and you figure this isn't safe for a 350-pound child. So aside from the mercury in flu shots or the thermosol, we also have aluminum inside of vaccines. And this is in the hepatitis A, hepatitis B, B DPT shots, um, influenza shots, pneumococcal shots, uh, in very, very toxic doses. 
Now, we know that the aluminum adjuvants inside of there can negatively affect the brain. And in fact, um, vaccination can cause an unintentional hyperactivation of the inflammatory system because it's literally um, uh, initiating an inflammatory response or a tissue damage. Because figure a vaccine is designed to stimulate the immune system response. Now, this one article at IMBI Publishing, and this was published um, back in 2019, they say that a temporal relationship between vaccination and adverse reactions, the latency period can be involved weeks or months. So this means that you can get a shot and you're not going to have that inflammatory response for weeks to months. If we look at Bernadine Patricia Healy, now she was an American physician, cardiologist, uh, the first female uh, director of the National Institute of Health. I, I mean, this gal, sharp. Quote, um, too quick to dismiss vaccine concerns as irrational. The more you delve into it, if you look at the basic science, if you look at the research that's been done in animals, if you also look at some of the individual cases, um, and if you look at the evidence, what you come away with is that the question of vaccine safety has not been answered. She's absolutely right. Uh, now, we're going to run through a number of different um, articles on, from the CDC and also about... Um, I got this this um, this article off of uh, the ICANN network, Informed Consent Action Network, and they talk about how vaccines are studied by using another vaccine, and it's it's literally a, a scam. Okay, where if you're testing a um, let's say a uh, measles or flu shot or a tetanus shot. Uh, Typically, you want to test that against a saline placebo or something that doesn't really have an effect on the body. Uh, and, and then you're going to find out what the effects of that are, minus the placebo effects. However, what people are doing now is you're testing this vaccine with another vaccine. So that's not really a test, because you can say, well, no, the original vaccine that we're testing against um, went through this, this testing process. And uh, so we can utilize it because we know the effect it has on the body. Okay, that works great unless you have common sense. Because if you're, you take one vaccine and inject 10 people, are you going to get the same response in all 10? Heck no. Some are going to have a good immune system response. Some are going to have a bad immune system response. Um, some, some are going to have no immune system response or hyperactive ones. So it could be everywhere. Um, but that's how vaccines are tested. And, uh, you know, it, just look at uh, Gardasil. I mean, this was out of um, Washington, April 10th. Gardasil, the vaccine for human papillomavirus, may not be safe as backers claim. And they talk about how just Gardasil alone um, paid out over $6 million, almost $6 million to 49 victims um, proven in court to have ca caused problems. Now, what kind of problems would this one vaccine cause that the government, you know, literally paid out $6 million for? Um, seizures, 
Seizures, does that sound like it's a brain issue? Paralysis, that sounds like nervous system. Blindness, pancreatitis, speech problems, short-term memory, Guillain-Barre. So obvious, these are neurologic symptoms. I mean, we know that um, article after article, we're looking at a hyperimmune system response or an inflammatory response. If you look at the Pediatric Neurology Journal, 2003, they're talking about elevated levels of measles antibodies in children with autism. Thus, autistic children have a hyperimmune response to the measles virus, which in the absence of the wild type of measles infection might be a sign of an abnormal immune system reaction to the vaccine strain or virus uh, reactivation. Uh, so we know that these vaccines can cause an inflammatory response or a neurotoxic response. And we can also go back in to where we had somewhat normal suicide rates. I hate to say normal suicide rates, but for a population, not the massive epidemic we have now. Um, we can look back before when, when vaccines had liability. In 85, there was only about a 60% coverage of the three vaccines, uh, not the 17 vaccines that we're suggesting now. Um, we also know that they're coming up with, um, they're finding new viruses inside of vaccines. And these new viruses uh, are, they can have a negative effect on the body, except it's really, really hard to detect these viruses. See, um, viruses are well-organized molecular parasites. So you, you can't grow them on their own. They have to grow in some kind of, of a living growth medium. Now, these living growth mediums can also have their own viruses. So if you're growing a virus like in chicken eggs or in monkey kidney, dog kidney, or aborted human fetal cells, there's certain local viruses in that growth medium that can also be um, perpetuated. Okay, and this article here out of the Journal of Virology uh, is saying that these viruses can be transmitted to vaccine recipients. Um, however, <laughs> it's interesting too. Um, let, let me just read this because this is kind of um, cool. Um, uh, the PCR analysis, okay, so, so they're looking at an analysis of the viral particles uh, in peripheral blood mononuclear cells from 33 children after measles, mumps, and vac vaccination yielded negative results. So what they're doing, they took uh, 33 children and they're measuring their response from the measles shot. Now, remember, these studies are done by the people that make the vaccines. So they're testing, making, basing all of their data on 33 kids. Um, and, and how long did they follow them? Knowing that the latency period from a vaccine reaction can be months to years, uh, followed it, you're talking just days. Um, and uh, so here, let me read this. The present data does not support transmission of either viruses to recipients of the U.S.-made vaccine and provide reassurance for the current immunization policies. Uh, boy, I don't know if you feel um, just reassured 
that 33 kids, even though they've identified viruses inside of the vaccine, it doesn't seem to be following um, a standard viral pathway where it's causing damage to the kids. I, I mean, it's it's like, really? You're going to base all of this on 33 kids? Okay. I mean, we could go back um, to 2012 and see that, that one of the pharmaceutical companies, um, GlaxoSmithKline, paid $3 billion to resol- resolve fraud allegations and failure to report health safety data for some of their medications. Now, and they, they were, it was part of the lawsuit, unlawful promotion of certain prescription drugs, it's failure to, certain, to report certain safety data, and it's civil liability for alleged false um, reporting practices. I mean, this is crazy that they're actually stopping or, or being sued and I mean sued big. You're talking $3 billion, that's with a B? That's a big lawsuit. I mean, let's just take the flu shot, okay? So we know we have an epidemic of Alzheimer's. We know we have an epidemic of suicide, particularly in our young people. And we're talking uh, it's double that amount in um, black Americans. Now, the flu shot, if you look at the CDC site, their estimates are all over the world. I mean, they, some people say it's 36,000 a year dying. They're uh, between um, <laughs> um, 9.3 million and 49 million illnesses uh, that influenza results annually. I mean, it's nuts. Okay, but the American Lung Association actually is, does keep track of how many people die from the flu. And when they check from 1999 to 2006, on average, it's about 1,244 people a year die of the flu. That's out of 300 million Americans. Now, when we look at um, how effective this is, because, again, we're looking at completely crazy data. Um, we know since 2010 that healthcare workers have been forced to take the flu shot. Now, if we know the flu shot has some neurotoxins in there, uh, the multi-dose vial has, it's grown in literally cancer cells or neoplastic cell growth medium, and we know it does have thermosol in there, has a preservative in the multi-dosed vials. So let's just see if it actually works. So what this study did was it compares um, healthcare workers and their adverse event to the vaccines. Now, they were c- compared all the randomized controlled trials, comparing the effectiveness of any kind of influenza vaccine among healthcare workers. Now, they're looking for placebo slash vaccine um, or vaccine slash no intervention were all included in the review. Now, remember, vaccines are typically not given an inert placebo to be tested against. They're tested against other vaccines. So out of all the studies that, that they could find, only three matched their criteria. Now, of this, um, quote, no evidence can be found that influenza vaccine reduces the incident of influenza, the number of uh, episodes of influenza, the days lost, decreased symptoms, or sick leave among vaccinated healthcare workers. Um, 
okay, so there's no evidence that can find that it helps. There is insufficient data to assess the adverse effects of vaccination. There is no definitive conclusion on the effectiveness of the influenza vaccination in healthcare workers because of the limited number of trials. <clears throat> That's right. So when you get people like um, Del Bigtree <clears throat> shouting, hey, man, we need to have more trials, we need more data, you get the Journal of Hospital Infection um, saying the same thing. They don't have enough data to make a, um, an, a, a real decision on this. They want more studies. And we know, and this was uh, out of the CMA journal, repeated flu shots blunt the effectiveness. Now, this was printed in 2015. And what they found is they were testing the antibody um, production of a vaccine 2013 to 2014. And you had a 43% effectiveness rating if you'd never gotten a vaccine before. However, if you were a participant that had vaccines before, you only had a 15% response. It turns out that the immune system, every time you get a shot, um, uh, your body gets desensitized to those ingredients in that shot and it becomes less and less effective. So that means it, these multiple shots, and we're talking every year for every healthcare worker in America, uh, you're blunting the effectiveness of that response. Now, tonight I'm gonna to go over more uh, inflammatory responses, particularly encephalitis in autism and brain damage. And the reason encephalitis, this is brain inflammation. And so you're talking neurologic regression, you're talking um, anxiety, stress, depression, violent behavior. All of these things have to do with neural inflammation toxicity. And even when we look at the manufacturer's insert, they say that the MMR vaccine can actually cause inflammation. When you're looking at uh, the CDC uh, or Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System, on what they will pay out for, they will pay out for uh, inflammatory responses because they're saying that the vaccines cause them. Now we know also that psychobiotics and the manipulation of gut bacteria, that there's a gut-brain connection, that the, the healthy bacteria or the bacteria inside of your gut has a direct effect on emotion. So could that mean that the epidemic of suicide that we have in this country is brought on by inflammatory medical procedures like vaccines. Um, also, something is destroying our gut flora. So is this why when you do a gluten-free, dairy-free diet for kids with autism, that it helps them? Okay, so, so and we know that if your diet is deficient in omega-3s, if you add omega-3s, your brain becomes better. Okay, so it looks like deficiency and toxicity are the actual cause of this. Um, so we, we have to literally change our perception of not just treating a disease, okay, to you know treat depression and anxiety um, without looking at the toxicity or deficiency that's a causative factor. It just doesn't make any sense. We, we need to start paying attention 
or looking at the human body, that that brain has the frontal lobe, which is involved in impulse control, anxiety, stress, and depression. That frontal lobe is controlled by the cerebellum, but also it's very vulnerable, particularly before your blood-brain barrier forms, to neurotoxins. We know that the flu shot has thermosol, which is a neurotoxin, and we know that a number of the other shots have aluminum in there, which is also neurotoxic. Okay, there are other ingredients that are neurotoxic, but that's hugely important. And then we know that um, um, kids with brain damage, okay, and we're talking autism, typically have gastrointestinal issues. We also know that if you change them to a gluten-free, dairy-free diet, that that actually helps. Um, we know that glyphosates, which is found in our water system, our air system, on every non-organic grain, it's an herbicide that is one of the most widely used chemicals on our planet, destroys the gut flora. It destroys the gut flora. I mean, Don Huber, award-winning um, professor emeritus of plant pathology, says historians may look back and write about how willing we are to sacrifice our children and jeopardize the future generations with a massive experiment based on false promises, flawed science, just to benefit the bottom line of a commercial enterprise. And Now, that is powerful. That could be used for food and medical procedures. So what do we do to get this corrected? We're going to cover it tonight. You literally have to get nutrients in the body, detox, and heal the gut. But we're going to cover the solutions. This is Dr. John Bergman, your health advocate. Please do the research. Do not just treat the symptom, particularly with toxic chemicals. Let's find out what's negatively affecting the health of our population and reverse it. This is Dr. John Bergman. God bless you, and I love you. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 